Let us pray. May only God's word be spoken, and may only God's word be heard. Amen. Happy Advent! It is so good to be starting a new church year. I've heard many say over the past few months that they just can't wait for this year to be over. So I say, why wait for the solar year? Let's just go ahead. It's a new church year. Let's just go ahead and say that this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad year is over. That doesn't mean the pandemic's over, of course, but it does seem like things will start looking up at some point this year. So let's just go ahead and start in on that. Now, while we are starting a new church year, it would be hard-pressed to realize anything new was going on in looking at the lessons that have been appointed for today. It's one of the wonderful ironies, one of the delightful paradoxes of our faith tradition, this liturgical church year lectionary-based tradition, in which at the beginning we are given endings. And not just any ending, but the end, the great end, the apocalyptic end. Shouldn't we talk about endings at, say, the end of the church year? Yeah, we should. And so we actually do, which is what makes this so much stranger, because there's nothing in these readings that we've not already heard in the past three weeks. Our reading today is basically Mark's version of our gospel readings since November 8th. For the past three weeks, we've been hearing these grand parables from Matthew that scholars often call the Little Apocalypse. Jesus told these parables on the Mount of Olives, right outside of Jerusalem, in the last few days of his life, just a couple of days before his arrest, his death, and his burial. In the biblical story, the Passion is what immediately follows the Little Apocalypse. And the same thing in Mark. Today's reading is the final teaching of Jesus before the Passion begins. Now, as you know, or you soon learn, because this year we're going to get a lot of Mark, that's what the lectionary gives us this year, a whole lot of Mark, you're going to find out that Mark is very sparse. He nearly always has the shortest version of every story. As an aside, have you ever noticed that Mark has a longer version than the other Gospels? Take note of that. It happens occasionally, um, and it's important. Something's going on there when he decides to be wordier than the others. Typically, what takes Matthew a dozen verses, Mark can usually get across in three or four, or what takes Matthew three weeks of lectionary readings, Mark can get across in one. So, in Mark's version of the Little Apocalypse, you do not get the great big grand fleshed out parables that we've been hearing the past three weeks, but you can see elements of those readings, can't you? We have that classic apocalyptic language of the Son of Man coming in his glory, just like we heard last week. You do get a parable in our story, our gospel today, which is a pared down version of the parable we heard two weeks ago. And you get that language Jesus saying of keep awake and you do not know the day or the hour, very much the same apocalyptic language we had three weeks ago. 
apocalypse might also be language you've been hearing a lot in the past eight and a half months. Many people have been wondering, sometimes jokingly, sometimes seriously, whether we are living in the apocalypse right now with a pandemic and wildfires and murder hornets and so much more. There are so many internet jokes about this, uh, about how apocalyptic this year is. Just go and try Googling 2020 apocalypse memes sometime and you'll see what I mean. So are we living through the apocalypse? Yeah, I think so. But before you go and turn off your computer, before uh, you get too concerned here, just, just hear me out for a moment. I'm not thinking about apocalypse in the same way our popular culture thinks about it. The word apocalypse means revealing. Apocalyptic literature isn't about revealing how the, how the world will end out there in the future. Notice what Jesus said. This generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. He isn't talking about a one-time end-of-the-world scenario. The apocalypse is happening. It has happened, it is happening, and it will happen. It happens in every generation, in every life. Yes, there is this eschatological sense out there. But ultimately, Jesus is trying to point us toward the present moment. Keep awake. You do not know the day or the hour. Jesus is talking about the future with express intention of focusing us in on the present. Apocalyptic moments are those dramatic moments that reveal something about the present situation we find ourselves in. So is this the apocalypse? Yes. This year is revealing so much about us individually and as a people. I cannot speak much about what it reveals about you. Uh, that is a task for you to engage in personally. For me, it has revealed my underlying values and laid bare what is most important. It has also revealed my limitations, my ignorance, my fears, and my failures. I do not know what the post-pandemic future will look like for me personally, but I do know that I will be changed by this moment. I am being changed by this moment. Whether it will be a radical transformation or kind of new, more subtle integrations into my life, I do not know. But something about the way that I've lived my life has ended. And something new will be born. And this moment we find ourselves in, this in-between space, is Advent. The Advent moment, the expectant waiting and preparation for a birth. Now, along with all that is revealing about us individually, this year is also revealing much about us collectively, about us as a people. This year, for instance, has revealed serious problems in our healthcare system, disparities in access and outcomes, fragility of infrastructure, particularly in rural areas, which we are now getting reports, are on the brink of collapse. 
This year has also profoundly revealed the racial injustices in our society, the enduring legacy and present reality of white supremacy that takes lives. And even when it falls short of that, it causes great damage by trying to prevent the flourishing of black lives, of indigenous lives, of the lives of other people of color, denying the existence of God's very image within them. This year has revealed the challenges we have working together, how much we have been undervaluing the common good, and how much our cherished value of individualism, which as a sixth generation Oregonian, I gotta say, I dearly loved my individualism. But I've also seen that this year has revealed that there are problems, serious problems with it, that we must address. And there is so much more this year has revealed, like the reality of climate change, the dangers of our political divisions, and the limitations of our social safety nets, including a system that relies far too heavily on teachers and schools for childcare. God bless our teachers and all they do for us. This year, while it has revealed so many problems, it has also revealed so much good that brings hope. It has revealed the character of medical professionals and other essential workers, their commitment, their courage, their compassion. From doctors and nurses to cleaners and cooks, along with other essential workers who are working in jobs to help keep the lights on and the water running and getting us food to nourish our bodies. It has revealed the brilliance of medical researchers who figured out ways to protect us from the virus, treatments to care for us if we get it, and have created multiple highly effective vaccines that will likely start rolling out in a few weeks. This year has also revealed the creativity and dedication of so many in their daily life and work, including so many of you in your work, in your school, here in your church, to adapt to this moment. This year has revealed also a concerted desire to make our world a better place, from individuals reaching out to support their neighbors, to large group actions like the protests for black lives. This apocalyptic moment has dramatically revealed so much about us. It has laid bare our problems, but also our resilience, our ingenuity, and our hopes. When this pandemic started, we were in Lent. And it felt like the most Lenty Lent we could have. For months, I kept talking about how, even though we're not Lent anymore, it sure does seem like we are in Lent. And we are still in Lent because the pandemic was a continued uh, Lenten journey. And that was all true. And yet, as this pandemic has continued on, and we've had these other challenges that have come up this year, I now think that this time might better be understood as Advent, with its apocalyptic revealing and also expectant hope of a birth. And not just any birth, but one that surprises us in its simplicity in a manger. 
but is a dramatic inbreaking of God that can transform this world. Amen.